Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 from the Beacon Driving Studios in chilly Spartanburg, South Carolina. It's a little nipping air out there this morning. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning. And good morning, Alan. Good morning, man. As he gets locked in over there. And uh, Greg is a little under the weather. He will not be with us today, but we want to send him a hurry up and get well messages. You know, I don't know how many weeks I can I can get us a good guest. I know, we're going to start docking his pay. Well... We have to start paying him first. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Greg won't be here with us, but hopefully he's listening. And, uh, heck, Greg, feel like calling in, call in. If anybody wants to call in, you can always call in at 864-468-1400. And uh, we'll be glad to talk to you as time allows. Absolutely. Uh, now, we do have a good guest. Well, a couple good guests, if you consider Nelson a guest. He's, he's well, part of the home crowd. Well, then we got a trio of good guests. We got uh, coming on at 1120, who uh, I consider, I think Greg calls her the queen of pit road or something. But yeah, I, 1020. I, 1020. What'd I say? 11. 1020. Um, Deb Williams, uh, I call her the first lady of journalism. I don't know if queen of the pit road is... Either quite, one works. Quite appropriate. But anyway, Deb's a good friend of the show, and she's uh, very opinionated, and she's got a podcast, and, and she's award-winning, and Deb will be on to tell us about Daytona and what to expect uh, for the rest of the year. And she has a unique perspective. She's very, very um, intelligent and knowledgeable about this. And then, who'd you get for us over there uh at 11 o'clock, uh, Alan got us a real good guest. I've got one of the gentlemen that's over at Cherokee Speedway. His name's Tony Adair. I got him coming on today. They're going to start racing over at Cherokee Speedway, which they had one a couple of weeks ago, but they pretty much going to start their season pretty well from now on. They're going to start racing about every weekend, and he's going to come on and tell us about what they got coming up at Cherokee Speedway, what changes they have made, and uh, we'll be talking to him from about 11 to 11.20. Okay, that sounds great. And then you've got your spot at 1120, well, hopefully. And uh, we got a... Uh, well, we're getting that time of year that, that we can actually talk some dirt track stuff. Yeah, we've, uh, we're going to get into some dirt track. Even though it's still a little cool out mm-hmm. there today, but he's gonna, they're going to have a race. They're going to start racing over today about 1 o'clock or one yeah. fifteen. Like I said, uh, they can call one gentleman. He's already on his way over there. Well, I'll be doggone. Sitting over there. That's well, not- we know there's one reason there's a, there's another guy that's not on his way over there. It's because he's sitting in this chair right over here. Well, that's uh, that's true. I don't have to get there early. But this man, he has, he, he's he been known to be a little bit late, been known to be a little bit early. That's <laughs> Mr. Wilson, is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> and he has been known to get to the racetrack, and they're not even going to have a race that day. Well, that's be what, about a week early. <laughs> that's what tipped me off when you said sometimes he's a little bit, a lot early. And... uh 
And then, of course, at 11, I'm sorry, at 1040, we have Nelson Crozier, who... Uh, uh, Smartest man I know. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not yet. Not yet. But he still is. Yeah, okay. Um, well, boys, what would you think about last weekend? They uh, uh, had... They've been up a lot more sheet metal. They had some good racing when they were racing. And uh, the... Uh, of course, the finish was talked about, and uh, the, the uh, big one came with a vengeance. Well, it, that was could have been a whole lot worse for yeah. him to walk for. And we're talking about Ryan Newman's crash on the coming come to the finish. I mean, he he literally had victory snatched from uh, from his grasp there uh, with uh, blocking and pushing. I mean, but this is one instance. Now, uh, are you still irate with? Uh, with uh, Blaney, because you wanted him fired right right after that happened. Still am. Okay. Uh, don't get me wrong. If you watch that in-car camera, uh, Denny Hamlin was sitting there motioning for him. I'm fixing to go. Come on. Push me. Push me. And uh, whenever you got a Toyota sitting there and you got seven Fords behind you, leave him what they call that sucker hole. Yeah. Fall to that outside. You know the Fords is going to go with you. Yeah. Let that Toyota go back to the back. Well, he did say now that he was trying to push uh, push Newman to the win. But but you, you can't blame Newman for block. If you're going to block, that's the time to do it. I mean, yeah, coming into the trial, that's, that, I think you can't wait any later than that. And it just, of course, blocking and doing all that stuff. And it is a curve in the track. You know, it's that was a yeah. bad timing. And, and how... Uh, Hamlin squeezed through no opening at all. I mean, was blind luck, but, you know, luck it was. You make your own luck, and he was in the right spot, and he won his second Daytona 500 in a row, and I think that's about three out of four or three out of five. Something like that. Yep. Kind of puts uh, a little bit of pressure on his other teammates that have not won one. Truex and Kyle Busch. Well, he's got Eric Jones, too, who uh, yeah. actually did win uh, the, the Bush crash um, a couple of the, the week before. And um, speaking of Bush and Eric Jones, he was one of the guest commentators last night on the truck race, which if everybody uh, watched, I, I hope hopefully they're out of their coma by now because that was, uh, I mean, it was another... Kyle Bush benefit. How many do they, do they let him race? Five or three or something? Something like that. Well, uh, that was the first one, and he did it just exactly what I knew well, he would do. Was win it by uh, says here five point nine five eight seconds. So I, yeah, it's about six but, seconds. But, but, they they let him race however many they want to let him win. Well, I think he only can race. I think it may be five. It could. I hope it's three. Well, It'd be nice if it was one. I, I watched the start of that race, and then whenever he got out there about 15 car lengths and was putting it on cruise control and was telling his uh, crew chief how he could make that truck better, I just got up, turned it off, and went on to bed. You, did, you, you, did, you didn't miss a thing, so let's uh, let's get that out of the way right now. Kyle Busch did win the truck race last night. Um, started third, finished first, and... Um, Led 108 of 134 laps, so that's uh, that's pretty much domination, I'd call it. Well, I, I would love to see the truck guys get a lot more. I don't know if you call it publicity, notoriety, because they they have some good races down there with some really fast vehicles. Well, the the race for second was terrific. Yep, 
because you can forget it when Kyle's out there pretty much. Johnny Sauter finished second, the uh, kind of the grand old man. He's been around a long time now with that uh, that number 13 uh, Ford of his. Austin Hill was third. Matt Crafton was fourth. Ben Rhodes, fifth. Zane Smith, sixth. Todd Gilliland, seventh. Tanner Gray, eighth. Stuart Friesen, ninth. And Sheldon Creed, tenth. Uh, I'll go on and mention that finishing 13th was Ty, was Ty Majeski, who took that incredible upside-down slide at Daytona. He's back and doing well. Um, the uh, Natalie Decker, who ran so well at Daytona, had a bad race. She was two laps behind and finished 21st. So uh, the point standings for the trucks, and Kyle Busch is not involved in that, so this is a little more for real. Uh, Johnny Sauter is leading the points with a one-point bulge over Austin Hill. Grant Enfinger is second. Matt Crafton, uh, I'm sorry, Grant Enfinger is third. Matt Crafton fourth, and Ben Rhodes is fifth. And they don't run again. They don't run next week at um, Fontana. They will run the week after that at Atlanta. So uh, that's it for the trucks. We don't really need to bring that up again. Nothing against the trucks, but when Kyle Busch is going to just dominate like he does, that's enough said. Otherwise, um, in the Xfinity race last Saturday, another rotten start for Jeremy Clements. And did you did y'all see what happened to him? Did you see that? I did not. Uh, his hood came up going down the backstretch. And he was in one of the lead drafting packs. But when it came up, whatever it's made out of flew into a thousand pieces. And um, just got a little bit of air under the corner of it, and it disintegrated when it flew off. Now, you know, I, I, I would have been willing to bet it was made out of metal. And, you know, when you've seen that happen, it usually just folds back over the roof, and the, the driver can't see where he's going. But in this instance, it just it shattered. Must have been some kind of composite. It had to be something. It, was, it definitely was a composite. And, uh, but it... Um, you know, it, it shattered and went into a million pieces. And, of course, it took him a while to pick all that up. But it also messed up some of his roof flaps. And he had to come in and get a, get that repaired and ride around the rest of the race without a hood. Which, you know, when you're trying to do 200 miles an hour at Daytona is kind of a kind of a hindrance. I was going to say, it messes with your, your arrow just a little bit. And we hear so much about the aerodynamics. Running at 200 miles an hour without a hood got to got to be a, a, a pretty wild ride. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, he kept it straight. Only when he got on around into the fourth turn, I guess that was uh, who's who's driving that car number seven. Let me look here real quick. That's uh, he drives it every week, and it didn't do him any favors because he just ran. That was Justin Allgaier. He ran slam into the back of uh, Jeremy Clements, just like he was trying to get into his trunk. So um, that wasn't good. Messed up the back of Jeremy's car, which already had the front of it messed up from the hood flying off. So uh, after all of that, Jeremy soldiered on and finished. um, How many laps was that behind? Well, seven, which was plenty because he came in 28th. And so for... uh, the second year in a row, he's off to just a rotten start in, in uh, the Xfinity Series. Maybe, you know, last year it, it carried on for 
you know, a couple of races. So maybe next week at uh, Fontana, they'll have a little bit better luck. That's a fast track, and uh, just have to wait and see. Sure will. And uh, don't get me wrong, whenever he was out there, when he got hit in the rear, he was actually checking up because they was wrecked in front of him. That's true. That's right. That was a different wreck from when yeah. the hood came off. Yeah, He was checking up. You're, you're absolutely correct. Um, and I don't know where Allgaier Spotter was, but, you know, I just hate to blame thing on spotters. You know, I mean, it was it was right. It was in front of him for one thing. That, that's uh, I mean, it was right there. If you couldn't see that well, one, it was. You a, don't really need a spotter when the wreck's in front of you, right in front of you, <laughs> and uh, and in Technicolor and live and all that stuff. But um, Allgaier did manage to plow into him. So let's just go ahead and and get Xfinity out of the way. Uh, Noah Cragson won that race. Second was Harrison Burton. Third, Timmy Hill. Fourth, Brandon Jones. Fifth, Chase Briscoe. Sixth, Justin Haley. Seventh, Brandon Brown. Eighth, Ray Black. Ninth, Ryan Siege. And tenth, the Canadian, Alex Labby. Um, we had 12 lead changes in that race, and they averaged 136 miles an hour because of seven caution flags. So they will um, load up, and, uh, well, they're obviously... Uh, in Las Vegas this weekend. They'll be in California next weekend. The um, point standings for the Xfinity cars, if I can uh, get my finger to flip this page here, is Noah Cragson is the points leader, and it's pretty much the way they finished. Cragson, Haley, uh, Burton is third, Brandon Jones fourth, and Brandon Brown is fifth. A lot of Brandons there. Jeremy's 26th in the, in the standings. For the Xfinity, and he's just got a long way to go, but he's got a long time to do it. Yep. yep. So uh, that sort of takes care of Xfinity and the trucks. People don't realize, but these boys on that kind of a budget, they actually have to just stay out there all week long. It's cheaper for them to stay out there and stay in their rigs and stuff like that as to travel all the way back here to Spartanburg and then turn right back around and go back to California. But you remember what... Uh, Darrell Waltrip said to us last year when we had him on the show, and we'll have Darrell on this year, I hope. But he, uh, you know, when they redid the schedule for this year, and there's a lot of changes. You don't really see it reflected yet, but they're coming up because we're getting ready to be at Homestead here pretty soon. Um, Darrell said last year that they passed Texas Motor Speedway six times last, you know, with the old schedule before they ever stopped the race. And um, so... Uh, it looks like they're going to, they've improved upon that a little bit, but they are going from Las Vegas this week to California next week instead yeah. of coming all the way back to the East Coast and going all the way back to the West Coast. So uh, they have improved it some. Kind of like the deal with Pocono this year. Going to have two races one day. I mean, not one day, but back to back. Back Saturday to back. And Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Plus, it helps on the TV crews and stuff like that. But see, I still wonder about how much. The, the hotel people and the restaurant people like it because it seems like to me it's cheating them out of a weekend. Well, wait a minute. Let's don't be cheating them out because if you see the way they kind of gouge these people whenever they come up there, don't feel sorry for the hotel people I didn't now. Say I, felt, uh, I don't feel sorry for them. Ever, and, uh, but now they can Uber gouge. Ever, everybody was talking about how come these stands are empty and stuff like that, but they don't realize how much that motel room and how much price of gas that these people will actually go up on these people. 
once they get there. So I mean, you know, don't don't start feeling sorry for the <laughs> motel I, I now. Don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel sorry for them. I haven't been to a race at Daytona in years and years and years. In fact, where we used to stay, the Golden Eagles are not even there anymore. I think it's a Home Depot. <laughs> but uh, it, it, even back then, and it wasn't like the, a Hilton or a or one of the top lines. It was like a mom and pop operation, but it was right dead across the street from the speedway and uh th they got a hefty price and you had to stay five days you had to be there for the qualifiers on thursday friday saturday in daytona and then spend the night sunday night after the 500 so uh you know back then it was close to a thousand bucks for five nights today they'd, they'd probably be three times that well, my wife, she kind of asked me she said once it rained it out on sunday she said where's all these guys gonna stay at till monday I said, honey, they just pile up in the hollers and close the doors and go to sleep. Yeah. You know, I mean, they can't yeah. get a motel yeah. room because motel rooms, when you got a sold out place down there at Daytona, there's no more motel rooms to get yeah. within 100, 100 miles. miles. Within 100 miles. Yeah. So these old boys just think about them pit crews. You just pile up somewhere and go to sleep, wake up next morning and say, we're going to race today, boys. <laughs> yeah. And really, the, the big strain is on, on the fans. Yes. Because a lot of those rooms weren't available for the next night. so. Well, that's what we were talking about at my house. Uh, well, I know we got to do a commercial break, but let me just say, I was kind of amazed, and I guess this was Fox's doing, Fox Television, that they didn't start the race till 4 o'clock the next afternoon. I was expecting them to say, we're going to finish this thing at 10 o'clock Monday morning. But they went all day when they could have been racing. I mean, they could have been ever. They could have been out of there by four o'clock. Let yep. alone just starting and then and then finishing up in the dark. So, I questioned the timing of the res resumation of the race on Monday as much as a as much as anything. And I just figured that was Fox is doing. But we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to have the first lady of racing journalism, Miss Deb Williams, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Now say this out loud as you're driving around in your car. Fox Sports 1400 has Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd back 
Dan Patrick at 9, Colin Cowherd at noon. You hit the nail on the head. This is Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Happy New Year! We're seeing 2020 at Greer Nissan, and the savings are clear. Cars, trucks, SUVs, all your favorite models are on sale with low prices and payments. New Year, new you, new Nissan. And with over 300 to choose from, you've got plenty of options. Drive a new Altima, just $169 a month. Only $169 for a new 2020 Altima. Drive a new road, just $199 a month. Or save up to $8,500 off. Only $199 for a 2020 road. Or save $8,500 off a new 2019 road. Or take the wheel of a rugged new Titan pickup and save up to $14,000 off. That's right, up to $14,000 off a new Titan. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Hurry into Greer Nissan. Low price. Big selection and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at rearnissan.com. 864-479-1197 for more details. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barber shops? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun, man-cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironspur Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors, mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. The Fox Sports 1400 app is the best way to keep up with Spartanburg Sports Scene. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg on a chilly Saturday morning. And it's my great pleasure to welcome back... A real friend of the show, one of my favorite uh, guests, and we have her once a year, but we need to have her more often to tell us what absolutely what's what we're missing <laughs> and what we've seen, and that's none other than uh, I call her the first lady of journalism, Deb Williams. Good morning, Deb. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing great. Now, Greg likes to call you the Queen of Pit Road, but that's I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think we can uh, put that aside, but um, that's what I think. Since you're talking. Yeah, talking about Greg. I hope he feels better soon. I hate to hear he's under the weather. Yeah, he's under the weather. You know, he went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago, and I think I think that's what did it to him. Been around a, a holy matrimony. Of course, he's a married man, but you know, I I don't know. That was. Uh, I always uh, say I'm allergic to weddings. <laughs> How long have you been allergic? Well, don't answer that one. Um, <laughs> I was I was engaged once. I came so close to ruining my life. I, I I've run ever since. Well, and now you got good hips and legs to run with. That's right. Now that I've got I had both knees replaced, that's true. I thought it was your hips. I had my knees replaced, and you know you inspired me to get that done. Actually, yeah, no, no, my hips are great. It's just it was my knees. So, okay. Yeah, they've both been replaced, and for the first time in my life, I have two straight legs, and they're the same length. Well, that's great. No more walking around in circles or anything when you're trying to go straight. That's right. <laughs> um, well, Deb, last week there was, uh, and actually for the last couple of weeks, there was quite a lot to talk about down at Daytona. But I guess the number one thing and what we let off here with was what was on everybody's name. And it actually made uh, the national news. I watch CBS every night and they, they 
carried on with it for three nights a little bit, and that was Ryan Newman's crash. And, uh, you know, I think we all thought the worst for a while there, especially if you were like me back in Spartanburg, hundreds of miles away trying to keep up with it and not having any any news come out. And that, that was tough, but came out okay. Yeah, it did. And, you know, it was a very tough night there at Daytona as well. In fact, I did a column about how the silence is deafening. It's so loud at a racetrack when something like Brian Newman's wreck happened. And, you know, it it was a situation you can actually read that column at racingtoday.com. And the grandstand went silent. The media center went silent. It was silence in the garage area. I mean... It was an environment that was similar to the night we lost Earnhardt. Right. And everybody was just scared. I'll put it that way, you know. And when all of NASCAR's PR people leave the media center, which they did, and then you have Ford's number one PR person leave the media center. And, I mean, it was four hours before we got any word at all. Um, you know, the wreck happened about 7 p.m., and it was shortly before 11 p.m. before NASCAR came in and gave the statement from Roush Fenway. And, of course, when we heard, you know, that he had non-life-threatening injuries, everybody breathed a sigh of relief. But the post-race press conference with Coach Gibbs and Denny Hamlin and his crew chief was, was just very strange and awkward. And, of course, Coach Gibbs issued an apology for the way his, the team acted, the 11 team acted when Denny won because he said they didn't know at the time what was going on at the end of pit road. Exactly. That, they didn't know. No, they didn't know. Coach Gibbs said they did not know until they got into victory lane. Right. And that's when they were informed was when they were in victory lane. Well, I think the thing and, that, that really struck fear in everyone's heart was when they brought the, the black screens out. And, see, we didn't see that in the media center, and, and when we were out, I was not aware of that until much later. Yeah. Um, I was actually informed of that when I was in the garage standing across from Ryan's transporter. And then, of course, when TV cuts away, too, you know, and the fact that I had other people tell me later that, Jeff Gordon was visibly upset, and he was. Fox did a weird sign-off. They didn't. So they, all actually, of that. They, they actually didn't sign off. They just, it just sort of, oh, they, they never didn't. came back from a commercial. Oh, I was not aware of that. Yeah, they just, they just, the last you saw was Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon, uh, you know, visibly upset. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you their exact words, but there was no... Well, that's it from Daytona, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just that they just didn't come mm -hmm. back. They went straight to the Simpsons. Oh, I see. I see. But so, what I, yeah, because... No, uh, I just, I just so want to say... So let me say this. Ahead, I, we were all... I'm so thankful to see that picture of him with his daughters. I mean, oh, that, that was, made that my wonderful. day. That, that was just the most heartfelt picture that, that NASCAR's put out in years. Yes, yes. And actually, that was Roush Fenway that put that photo out, and I've, I've been told that Chrissy was the one that took it. So, you know, that was all good. But I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you? No, we're interrupting you because we're so thrilled to have you on here, and we don't have that much time, so we have to uh, <laughs> jump in there. And I, I apologize for talking over you, and we all do because we do it with 
We do it with everybody, unfortunately. <laughs> but what I wanted to say was, uh, and I, I don't even know if this is true, but, you know, I'm keeping up with it on Twitter um, for those four hours you were talking about. But did NASCAR actually come and, and tell the reporters to leave the garage area? I mean, did they do that? And, and I mean, I guess they have the right to do that, but... They didn't I, I, come and tell me. Okay, well, that's what they put out there. They said the press has been no, told to, I, leave the to leave the garage area. And I said, I don't see how they no, can do that. I mean, there wasn't any reporters in it. The reporters, what we do, what NASCAR does now is um, after a race, they have what they call the bullpen out on pit road. And they notify us before the um, the end of the race where it's going to be, what pit stalls it's going to be at. And they that's where they bring the drivers that finish positions 2 through 10. And the only people they bring in the media center now after a race are the winner, the winning team owner, and the winning crew chief. So if you want to talk to any other drivers, then you've got to go out to the bullpen if you want 2 through 10 or if you want somebody that finishes outside the top 10. Then you gotta go track them down yourself in the garage. So, you know, I I could see how the race was developing, and I didn't want to go out on pit road to the bullpen until I saw the race end. And then when it the wreck happened the way it did, you know, the people that were already at the bullpen stayed there to get quotes from people, and. Then when I left, I decided to go out to Ryan's transporter and see if I could get an idea of what was going on just by observing. And I went to the garage and stood there, didn't talk to anybody, but just stood there and observed. And then one of the reporters who was leaving the bullpen area came through the garage and saw me. And we chatted briefly, and that was when I found out about the uh, tarps being put up on the car when they went to remove Ryan because her husband, who's a reporter also, was in the press box where she was in the garage, and he had notified her about that, and she told me. But no one came and asked me to leave the garage. And, okay. You know, she walked into the garage. That's the first I've heard of that. Well, once again, um, fake news, I guess, you know, but that's, that it was out there. But you know what? One thing that encouraged me, and and this is right along the same lines as the black, uh, and actually they look like they've got some pretty nice screens they hold up. It's not even a, a a blanket or anything or like they used to use back in the old days. It's a mm -hmm. it's a metal framed or some kind of framed screen. But what I was encouraged about was when they took the car away, it wasn't covered. And you could see the damage and right. I was like, Well that's that right there is a good sign. Yeah, and then I found out later too that Fox had video of Ron moving his arms and hands after they took him out of the car. So I can't help but wonder maybe if they just don't didn't do that as a privacy thing. I don't think a lot of people realize that every January before the season starts, they have a, I think it's a two-day seminar of all the rescue people here in the Concord area, usually at the R&D Center, I think. But they go over all of these procedures and the correct way to remove the 
the drivers from the cars and injuries, and that is all reviewed in, in a day-long session every single January. And, you know, if you think back to the truck wreck with Tomajeski on Friday night, right. they uprighted. You know, you said they might try to remove the driver while the vehicle's still upside down. Well, they didn't take Ty out of the, the truck until it had been put up right side up. And, and that, of course, they did the same thing with Ryan's car. They got it back up on four wheels before they, what was left of it, before they took him out. But, you know, you got to remember, too, Ryan Newman is built like Kel Yarborough. Yes. And he's got that toughness that Kel and Earnhardt possess. And Ryan is not a driver who works out in the gym. He doesn't have a trainer or anything like that. He is tough from working on a farm. He drives a tractor. He bales hay. You know, that's his quote-unquote workout. Yeah, he's country and, strong. Um, <laughs> pardon? He's, he's country strong. Yeah, he is. He is. He's, he is. That's a good analogy. He's country. He's what I call farm boy strong. Right. You, you, know? can, you can use that. In a column. Yeah. And I mean, well, I consider that a compliment myself. I do too. You know, having grown up in the mountains. But, um, now, look, you know, it, let me still, ask you, you got to look at all the safety measures that were in that vehicle, too, and the safer barriers. Have you talked to Ryan, or will you, or do you plan to anytime soon? Well, naturally, when Ryan's ready to talk, okay. I'll, I'll talk to him, but uh, we all will. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he wants to spend time with his family. And, of course, having worked with him the four years that I did at Penske, he and Chrissy have always been very private people. That's a very private family. And I know I had one close friend who has all been out of shape about the fact that the family was asking for privacy. And I said, no, that's just that family. That is normal for that family. They're very private and they keep their private life very private. And when he wants to talk, he'll talk. But um, but then on the other yeah. hand, like the day before Valentine's Day, I guess it was the 13th, that he and Chrissy announced that they were splitting up, which I didn't recall seeing an, uh, an announcement of that nature by any any of the teams or sports people in general, really. No, everybody was waiting for them to handle it. We we knew when the time came, when they were ready to make it public, they would make it public. You know, we had known, those of us in the community had heard rumblings of it and knew that it was a possibility. I had known about it since August, that it was a possibility. But, you know, you always think, well, maybe they can work things out. Maybe it won't happen because there was... Another driver back in August that we heard was going to get a divorce, and that seems to have been worked out between him and his wife. So, you know, we knew when Ryan and all of us knew when Ryan and Christy were ready to make it public, they would make it public. Well, with all the, and, animal, all the animal rescue things that they do and, and, and being a, a very public couple, I would, I would call it, uh, uh, you know, the day before Valentine's Day and the weekend of the Daytona 500, just, I mean, the timing seemed to, to me to be strange. But, yeah, I mean, who am I to say? It's that's the way they did it. And, and Well, they uh, might have done it then because people were asking where Chrissy was. Right. I, that's because, what I figured. Yeah, because, you know, Ryan had his two daughters there at the track with him. And, of course, 
when he was out being interviewed before the qualifying races on Thursday night, he had his daughters with him, but Chrissy wasn't there. And the qualifying races were the day before the Daytona 500. So, I mean, excuse me, the day before Valentine's Day right, right. were the qualifying races. So I honestly did not know that it had been uh, publicly or had been made known publicly until the Daytona 500 was going on. And I saw a tweet from um, Chrissy popped up on my Twitter feed that said, I would love to see my girls in victory lane, but I always pray for a safe race. And so when I went over to... I thought, well, I'll look and see what's on Chrissy's Twitter account and see where she is. And when I went over to Chrissy's Twitter account is when I saw the statement that she had put on her Twitter account that she and Ryan had agreed to amicably separate and they would uh, continue to co-parent their daughters and he would continue to support the rescue ranch. Right. And that was the first that I had known it was public was that night. And, and that had already been course, out there for a couple of days by then. Yeah, but see, I wasn't uh, aware I, of it. I was sick in Daytona, and I was having enough problems just doing my job. <laughs> well, Deb, you know, we love having you on, and I, the time flies by, and, and we've pretty much only covered one subject then. And we're really up well, against. Well, let me let me yeah, mention I, one thing really I, I, quickly. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, take a couple of minutes and uh, and promote yourself or whatever you need to say. To tell us about your podcast or anything you and want. Yep, that's Go what ahead. I was going to do was tell about my podcast. Go for um, it. The podcast is racing now and then, and it, I launched it during Speed Weeks. It is available on iTunes at this time, and will eventually get on other podcast platforms. And the first one is Brendan Gone. And Brendan, of course, is a delight to talk with any time. And had a but great Daytona talked, 500. Yes, he did. And um, he uh, is talking about his wreck that he had at Talladega and why he prefers to go airborne, which <laughs> makes sense. And But it's the, the team he drives for is just a, a delightful story. And it's, um, so anyway, it's racing now and then, and my objective eventually is to get a new one posted every Tuesday. But I'll always put it on Twitter when it's up, and my Twitter feed, uh, or my handle on Twitter is DebWilliams72. So follow me on Twitter as well, and uh, racing now and then is going to cover all forms of racing, not just NASCAR, and it'll be the... The historical people, the legends, it'll be the current people, and it'll be the youngsters coming up who are going to be our future stars. So you run a gamut, and eventually I'll announce a phone number where you can call and leave questions or people you might like to have interviewed on the show. Deb, we thank you so much for coming on. you got to come back because all we talked about was one crash, you know. We didn't even yeah, get into Yeah, but like you said, it was on the national news. Yeah. It was on ABC and Good Morning America all the time, too. Well, so we're just all thankful for the good Lord that we had the great outcome that we had. And, you know, it's uh, that made it a good speed week. It did. That everybody's safe. We want to get your, Yeah, we want to get your perspective on the rest of the sport, though, and everything. And like it. And like you just said, you can talk about other things besides stock car racing. So please come back uh, on the uh, show at a future date. I will. And one other thing, go. Um, condolences go out to Ricky Rudd this morning. Uh, Ricky Rudd's brother, AJ, passed away this morning. 
from uh, he lost his battle with colon and liver cancer. Oh, I'm so, so sorry to hear that. He's a good friend of the show too. your thoughts and prayers. Yeah, we will do that. Thank you, Deb, okay. and uh, uh, thank you. You be safe, and uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks for coming on. Sounds good. Have a good weekend. Thank you for having me. All right, thank Bye-bye. you. That's Deb Williams. We love having her on, and we're backed up a little bit. That's Nelson already calling in, so let's take this break. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Driving Studios. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. We're seeing 2020 at Greer Nissan, and the savings are clear. Cars, trucks, SUVs, all your favorite models are on sale with low prices and payments. New year, new you, new Nissan. And with over 300 to choose from, you've got plenty of options. Drive a new Altima, just $169 a month. Only $169 for a new 2020 Altima. Drive a new road, just $199 a month. Or save up to $8,500 off. Only $199 for a 2020 road. Or save $8,500 off. A new 2019 road, or take the wheel of a rugged new Titan pickup and save up to $14,000 off. That's right, up to $14,000 off a new Titan. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Hurry into Greer Nissan. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. 864-479-1197 for more details. Your complete car care center is Par 3 Automotive in Boiling Springs. Par 3 Automotive can take care of your vehicle in a hurry. Whether you need an oil change, new tires, alignments, or anything in between, they have you covered. When it's hot outside, let them check your air conditioning. They specialize in maintenance and repairs, big or small. If you need your oil change quickly, ask about their express oil change. Stop in at 1930 Boiling Springs Road or call for an appointment, 864-599-5900. That's Par 3 Automotive, your complete car care center. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. Good morning, Nelson. You still there? I'm still here. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, doing my first button pushing since the uh, since last November, but that that wasn't too bad. Um, well, I don't know if you heard any of Deb Williams just now, but we never got past the Ryan Newman crash. So uh, um, that it, it, you know, it's. It was on the national news for three nights in a row on CBS, and uh, and it's the well, out, the all out- we can say there is miracles do happen. Yep, it, it, it that absolutely was a miracle because you know we had talked a week before. Uh, in fact, in fact, I specifically mentioned Ryan Newman's crash at Talladega one year where I thought they left him upside down for so long, but you know he. Uh, you know that roll, that Earnhardt bar that I think came from when uh, I believe that was Schrader that ran into him that year at Talladega when he had that big crash. Um, uh, I mean, it, they took a hit right on that section of the car, and I guess that's one of the. Uh, the I don't even. I guess right over into the driver's compartment would would be the most obviously the most vulnerable part. I mean, he he got hit right where you don't want to be hit. Well, the Earnhardt bar is one thing. But the Newman bar uh, was a reinforcement or a doubling of the Earnhardt bar. Right, and I didn't realize until I saw on uh, the Ford Cutaway car on one of the shows that they, they showed all of those bars in the roll cage. And, I mean, you got the Petty bar, the Earnhardt bar, and the Newman bar, and there's probably got some other names in there for uh, bars that were added specifically because of some some famous crash in the past. Right. Well, Nelson, uh, overall, um, what did you think of the racing uh, up until that point? Uh, we, we still had the blocking. We still had a lot of crashes. Uh, as far as the end of the race, uh, I mean, my opinion is if you're going to block, that's that's the, the time to do it. I'm not, I'm not so sure that, uh, I, I think to hear Ryan Newman say it, I mean, Ryan uh, Blaney said he had he had quit the blocking and was just trying to push uh, push Newman to the win, but they just weren't lined up right. And of course, you are in a curve and everything there. Uh, what's your feelings about that? Uh, we've got to stop the pushing as well as the blocking. Well, it's going to be tough to do. I, you know, I, I, I think back of when uh, Mark Martin had a chance to win that race one year, and uh, he didn't block. He just let uh, Harvick. When Harvick was driving that number twenty-two for Penske, just sort of scoot right past him. So, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know if that's Martin, Mark Martin's personality or or what. That was that was his big chance to win one. So, you know, l- like I said, if you're going to block, I, that would be the time to do it. And they, you know, just came out. Thank goodness it came out as, as well as it did. No, no question. Uh, because that could have been terrible. Well, what else you got, Nelson? Any uh, 
what, what's some other takeaways you have from Daytona, and uh, and how's that going to affect uh, what we're getting ready to see for the rest of the year? Well, I don't think we'll see for the rest of the year, but probably for Talladega. Uh, you know, there will be some changes. What they will be, we have to wait and see. Well, well I mean, what what do you think they could change? Uh, did you see anything that that you think they may be uh, aiming at? I'd dirty the cars up and make them run about 10, 15 miles an hour slower. Well, uh, how would you do that? With something with the the, the carburetor plates or, or, or the spoiler no, uh, or, or what? No, dirty the car up. Booker bills, uh, you know, uh, slips across the roof, things like that. Not only really would slow them up, but it, it would dirty them up enough that the other cars, uh, you know, could catch up easier. Well, you know, that's uh, that's something, you know, to, uh, I know it's not a high bank track. It's, it's pretty bank, but they're uh, they're getting ready to go to Fontana next week. And that's a that's a fast track, too. Right. Uh, but you don't have uh, the aerodynamic track to do with Daytona. Right. OK. Well, the um, uh, the the cars. Seem to be pretty evenly matched, but you know I, I also still noticed that a lot of them fell way back, and they were they were lapping some of the some of the real back markers. So everybody didn't keep up. But I but uh, Brendan Gone, who finished I think sixth or seventh there, he uh, he weaved his way through that last lap crash, and he actually started thirty ninth. And Corey LaJoy, who uh, you know I heard some interesting things that Jeff Gordon said about the letter that he personally handed to Rick Hendrick. Uh, Jeff Gordon was saying, you know, I think that's something Mr. Hendrick might really like. You know, I, I don't know. But Corey was, uh, he still had a good finish in eighth place, even though he crashed into Ryan Newman there at the finish line. So, you know, it, it did give uh, some of the back markers a chance. And I call them back markers. That's probably unfair. But some of the lesser funded teams a chance to, uh, you know, to keep up and, and, and have good finishes. Of course, when you take out so many in crashes, that's, that's going to happen. Right. Well, you know, here in Vegas, uh, it looks like qualifying is going to be set by practice uh, because it's supposed to rain all day today and tonight, but sunny tomorrow. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, rain in the desert. <clears throat> what do you think about that? Uh, any any climate things that you've got for that, like you did with uh, everybody running a sprinkler at Phoenix? No, uh, I think it's going to be good tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> you got something to say there, Ronnie? Oh, no, I was just thinking back to where you're talking about the aer- aerodynamics and stuff. It, and Nelson, every, you know, every, blah, 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 just wash my tongue and can't do a thing with it. Every year they do tweaking on aerodynamics, and, and even between races they tweak aerodynamics. We haven't seen a car flip like Ryan's did in, in quite a while. Did the aerodynamics package have anything to do with that? Or was it just bad luck? When you try to make uh, a car like an airplane, uh, you know, the airplane tries to fly because of the lift. Uh, the car you're inducing downforce on is a super lifting. And when you lose the downforce, it's going to fly. Well, you also had the combination also of him bouncing off the wall. I mean, he was, I, it, it, 
I've seen the replay now so many times. It seems like it might have been lifting as it hit the wall, but that certainly probably didn't help it any hitting because when it oh, hit, no, it, it, it distorted it was everything. I'm sorry? It definitely was a combination of things. Yes, it was. Um, most of them bad, except for the, the final outcome. Let's uh, let's right. get our picks in here because uh, we couldn't pick a winner last week. I'm going to make a, a proposal here while uh, Greg is away, and I'm not sure when he's coming back. He may be back next week, but... Um, I, you know, he, he's so fond of the Wood Brothers, and I, I know you picked D, D. Benedetto last week, so I'm not trying to take away your pick, but I propose we just give uh, the Wood Brothers and D. Benedetto to Greg every week until he comes back and can make up his own mind. How's that? Yeah, well, he'll probably be starting fifth uh, on Sunday. Right, because if they set the field by the point standings, right? Right. Well, go ahead and take a pick. Pick somebody else then besides uh, I'll take, 21. I'll take Happy Harvick. I'm going to take, I'll, I'll take Keselowski. What do you think, Ronnie? I'm going to stick with the same horse. I'm going with the 48 and Jimmy Johnson. Okay, that's an old horse. Um, what do you think, Alan? I'm going to take the man that won last night. He dominated the race, so you know he's going to get on a roll. I'm going to take Kyle Busch. It ain't a bad pick, nope. ever. And he's playing before the hometown crowd. Yes, he is. Well, Nelson, you, uh, um, in, anything else uh, in the wind that you can tell us about, or are we kind of other than some proposed changes you think might come up at Talladega? Any uh, personality changes or crew changes or anything? Uh, you, no, we need I to know because uh, because of uh, you know uh, the crash. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of other things discussed. Yeah, that has sort of dominated. Uh, the airwaves, and it's dominated this show. But, you know, a good outcome is, is, is what we really strive for, and we uh, we got that. So um, uh, I asked Deb Williams if she's going to talk to him because I know she has told me in the past that they were pretty close working at Penske, and she said when he's ready okay. to talk, she'll well, talk. I, I've got to run, but we'll talk to you next week. Okay, buddy. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll do that. That's uh, Nelson okay. Crozier, who uh, is the smartest man I know. And has to run. And he does. Tell him not to run too far. <laughs> <laughs> nope, Nelson. Uh, uh, listen, we are. What was so it last week we were talking to him? He said, "Come in." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we he's got need to be so thankful that Nelson takes time out every Saturday to come on our show because there is nobody in NASCAR more knowledgeable about a broad range of subjects than Nelson Crozier. Right, and. Uh, uh, as you can tell from Nelson's voice, some weeks he's better and some weeks he's not. He's he's battled some throat issues, and um, we're just so thankful that he's uh, able to come on our show and, and tell us what we need to know. And pretty soon, I'm uh, he's tough. Not only is he the smartest guy, I know he's one of he's the tough, tough as nails. Because a lot of people that have dealt with his health problems would probably uh, not get out from under the covers. So, oh yeah, and listen, he still works all the time. Yep. Still inventing things? Yep. He's the guy. He is. He's our guy, too. And uh, so we uh coming up on the top of the hour here. And who you got for us when we come back there, uh, Alan? I got Tony Adair, one of the main men at Cherokee Speedway. He'll be on us talking about the big race today. 
that they're going to have over at Cherokee Speedway. Going to talk a little bit about the improvements that they probably made over there during the winter time and stuff. And uh, we're going to see what's on the schedule for the next couple of weeks over at Cherokee Speedway. Now, are they still there? Are they starting a little early? I mean, I don't... You know, I, we, we used to race uh, the weekend after Daytona okay. a long time ago, whenever that was, that was pretty much the start of it. But uh, they actually had a race over two weeks ago. and uh, But it, you know, kind of start working that clay in. The more you can work it, the better off it is. Just you, like Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> don't mix the colors up. Are, yeah. you, uh, are you going over there today? Um, as a spectator or a participant, or well, either. Mr. Wilson called me this morning, I called Mr. Wilson, and uh-huh. he told me to come on over and I could sit beside him and uh, watch a race, but I, I'd rather be working on a race car than watching somebody else. Okay, well. I understand that. You gotta, you gotta get ready to yeah. do your thing, and yeah. which, which you will do when? Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I don't think they have us on the schedule from what I've seen. They don't have us on the schedule for March Madness, but then after that, they are going to start opening us up. And, uh, you know, it's like I told them, I said, rather work on it. It's kind of like getting your homework done. You know, you walk to school the next day and uh, well, you ain't got your homework done. You're in a panic. Are you getting anxious to get that new car out there? Uh, don't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what car? He shouldn't tell, he shouldn't <laughs> tell <laughs> the secrets. If we don't, if, if we don't, know, you don't want to talk about it. Don't yeah, tell us. Yeah, yeah. You know we got big mouths. That's, that's like my daddy used to say, "Son, if you don't keep a secret, don't tell me." Well, <laughs> uh, it is a talk show, so uh, anyway, yeah. we're going to talk. But yeah, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and um, have the second hour of the show. You're listening to Start Your Engines, Fox Sports Spartanburg. Spartanburg's radio home for University of South Carolina football is Fox Sports 1400 WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the memories. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. 
Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin Again, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Here comes Duke. All the way to the hoop. He's bumped. All season long is the Blue Devils push for a sixth national championship. He got it, the buzzer! And the Blue Devils win it! Duke basketball can be heard here on the Blue Devils Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your rhythm. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on a chilly Saturday morning in Spartanburg. And Alan's got us a special guest, Mr. Tony Adair. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? We're doing great. Tony, this is Alan Hill. Weather over at Cherokee Speedway looking good for the race today? Looking sunny and beautiful. A little bit on the cool side, but I think it's going to be good by the time we hit the afternoon hour start this racing program well my daddy always said cool weather makes horsepower no doubt and uh well y'all gonna probably have that track fixed today it'll probably be a fast racetrack yeah no doubt uh the track really looks good we were down here uh, yesterday evening and last night and uh they bladed the speedway and uh, they rolled it and spiked it and uh, we put a couple of loads of water on it because we felt like you know it would freeze overnight and uh it would keep moisture in it, and uh, now they're starting to roll the speedway in, and uh, it should be good and fast for today. Are you using any soap suds? No, we can't use anything like that uh, because we get our water supply out of the uh, pond back here on the property. Uh, we, we have to you know, use biodegradable type things if we use anything at all. But, yeah, we actually have a little uh, something in it that will help her stick together a little bit better and uh it broke track records back in January in each division, so it it's definitely seems to be helping this new clay we put on it in the middle of the season last year bond together, and uh, the track's really smooth, and I think it's really going to be fast. I always throw that out there because when I heard that last year, it just fascinated the heck out of me that the 
sometime put soap suds, but I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, Alan. No, no. Uh, I know years ago when I raced go-karts, you know, for several years, 18 years in cars for 20, you know, it, it was not, it wasn't nothing uncommon to put soap suds and calcium and a lot of things on the track, you know, to keep moisture in it and keep it from drying out so much. But, uh, yeah, like I say, with us getting our water supply, you know, uh, I guess you call it an eco deal, you know, fish and wildlife and everything else we can't use anything unless it's you know biodegradable type stuff but we have a product that we uh use through vp uh that does our racing fuels and and they supply several things that works and uh their 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 products are used all over the united states on, on dirt tracks it keeps the dust down uh, the last race we had in january the first race of the season this year uh there was very little dust even when it dried out it would just pick up and lay right back down you know it's it sort of it it does you can do a lot of different things with a lot of their products and uh we're just now starting to use them to mount anything with this new clay and i think it's really going to make a difference for our racing here at cherokee speedway well tony uh what time did the gates open today they opened at 10 o'clock uh, our driver's meeting will be at twelve thirty sharp uh we should start hot laps right around one o'clock and uh and we'll start racing. We have seven divisions of racing today. We have a few supers, uh, super late models that's wanting uh, to make some laps today also. They have a 12,000 win race next weekend with Southern All-Stars here because we have the big March Madness show next Saturday and Sunday. Yes. And uh, what other divisions have you got going on today? Okay, today we are running uh, our 604 uh, crate late models. Uh, we're running 602 late models uh, we are running uh our street stock division our, our new v8 street stock division will be on hand today uh thunder bomber division our other v8 which is more of a stock type motor car and then we will have stock four of uh, the front wheel drive or extreme four division that we call it and and the young guns the kids division we have seven divisions on top today that sounds good. Sounds like a good deal. How much is it to get in over there today? It's uh, normal admission today, uh, 13 in the stands and 25 in the pits. That sounds good. That's a good day's uh, of uh, racing for a cheap price. No doubt. They'll, get, they'll definitely get their money's worth. <laughs> concession, concession stands open today? Yes, sir. Yeah, both concessions will be open, one up top and one in the infield also will be open. Uh, have a lot of good food, hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken sandwiches, bologna, uh, you know, you know, all your nachos and fries and all the stuff everybody likes, uh, jalapenos and the whole nine yards. Okay, <laughs> that's enough with the food. I haven't even had breakfast and my wife and I go in, in fact, we're heading your way. We're going to the wagon wheel about four o'clock when they open. So uh, it's, uh, that's enough about food. I'm hungry right now. <laughs> Me hey, too. Hey, Tony, um, let me ask you this now. Being this is, uh, I know you said you, y'all had some racing a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I'm trying to imagine what it looks like over there uh, since I have been there now. And I went I went last year and um, had a great time over there, although it rained so hard I liked to couldn't get up the track. And the, the guy that took me up the track liked to got killed in the golf cart when it slid back down. But um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all the cars. Are all the cars nice and shiny and they're not beat up yet? I mean, like this is... Like the first first real big go of the season, I would think everybody's uh, all the cars look nice and shiny for a little while anyway. Yeah, we had an open practice last Sunday afternoon, and uh, you know, just give them you know four hours of 
like an open practice sessions and stuff. And yeah, we got a lot of nice, shiny, fresh cars. You know, new schemes on them. You know, for the new season and everything. That's so, what yeah, I love. You got a lot of them looking really good uh, here at the start of the season, and, and you know, most of them will try to keep them looking that way if they have to. You know, replace stuff and fix stuff. You know, whatever they have to do to keep them looking good. But yeah, they, we got a, a lot of shiny cars sitting out there right now. Well, Tony, uh, any improvements over the winter time to the racetrack and stuff? Yes, sir. I'm glad you asked that question. We we just had a new catch fence uh, that's being installed in turns one and two. Uh, ever since the track's been shortened back in '07, uh, seems to have always been a, a issue. You know, in that turn, it's a little bit tighter turn. And uh, we had a company come in. They've got the pole set, the top rail, and everything set. It's actually nine foot. We have a secondary wall, of course, you know that, Alan, and, uh, you know, it's got a fence on it, but that's where we, we want the people to stay, of course. There's not, there's not going to be anybody behind the first catch fence, but, uh, that's something that's being installed right now. They haven't got the fencing up yet, but they do have the poles set. Uh, it looks like it's really going to be good. And the other thing is we're looking at a brand new LED lighting system for our nighttime racing. Uh, and I know Alan knows this, and I know this from racing on this track for many, many years. It, it seemed to have some dark spots on it, especially when it was the old high mile. You know, it was so hard to, you know, keep it lit well. But, uh, you know, your old-type lighting system, uh, it takes it a while to come up. Uh, the bulbs will never be as strong as they are when you first put them in. But with this new LED system, it, it's instant lights on, instant lights off. Uh, you can set it up to work. You can dim them. You can do whatever you have to do, and it's just so much brighter. Uh, I, I think the light is going to be a whole lot better for us, and uh, we're in the process of getting that done in the next few weeks before we kick off our night season on the third weekend in March on the 21st and 22nd. That sounds great. Yep. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's a whole lot nicer to be able to see. I mean, you know, because <laughs> of these NASCAR tracks, yeah. the light system is like running in the daytime, you know, so... I think it's going to be more something like that. It's, it, you know, you're not going to have the little dark spots here in there type deal. Well, give a shout out to some of the people that helps you run that track over there. Oh, God, man. There's so many people. I mean, of course, you know, my partner, Scott Childers, and Lenny Buff, the owner here, you know, he's such a, a pleasure to, you know, lease and, and run a track from. You couldn't ask for a better person, you know, to to do that for and uh he, he he was here the other night on the lighting system he he's going to help us so much on the fence and the lighting system and stuff like that he's just a super good guy uh, couldn't do it without lenny buff giving us this opportunity and uh i mean we've got so many people that makes things go uh, we got chad wilson doing the race right now he's probably one of the best people i've ever seen on a motor grader uh i mean he he is good he he done uh he worked for the state uh scraping dirt roads for 12 to 15 years so i mean he knows what he's doing uh i was uh down here helping him with a racetrack last night and uh, it is really smooth it's the smoothest i've ever seen uh, you know I, I'm, I'm real i'm real thrilled about that mike coley he's down here during the week he sort of manages the place and, you know keeps up with it during the week because he's retired uh we've we got doug smith that used to be at carolina speedway that's helping us uh, he's real good on the tractor and uh you know, the plowing and stuff like that. Uh, uh, I mean, the track prep crew, I think, is going to be off the chart this year. Uh, and uh, and we got so many good people that work here for us, you know, that uh, we got about 30 employees. 
you know, uh, you're talking from flagging to running the gates to working in the concessions. Uh, I mean, I could just go on and on and on. It really takes uh, a lot of people to put this thing together. and A lot of things go on there during the week to try to make this happen every weekend. Uh, has there been any new rule changes that Alan needs to know about before he uh, comes over there? I, I don't want him to come over there and get surprised with uh, with, <laughs> with uh, his car's illegal or something. Uh, no, I mean, Alan knows that we sort of rebounded the Lindy Sportsman Division for this year. Uh, you know, it, now it's going to be known as uh, Super Sportsman here and at Carolina Speedway. We're on the same rules at both both tracks. I really think that's going to be a great division this year. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We're, we're sort of letting them get them ready and, you know, cross their T's and dot their I's right now. And uh, their first weekend will be uh, the first night race, you know, under the new lights and all. And, uh People really enjoy, you know, that division. It's a real fast, stop body type V8 car, and uh, it's the fan favorite week in and week out. Well, Tony, we got about four more minutes here. Tell us a little bit about this deal coming up on March Madness. Uh, two day deal starting on. It is a two. Yes, it is a two day deal. We actually have eleven divisions racing in two days. Uh, on Saturday, we're going to have. Uh, 602 late models uh, and the limited late models, the steelhead late models, will also be here. Uh, Of course, you know, each division will be running for, you know, big money. Uh, I I think that day also we have uh, a run once you run V8 division. You know, we tried that back in January, had a good response from it. Um, And that division will be on tap. Young Young Guns division, Extreme 4, oh, God. Caught me off guard here. Seems like there's one other division racing that day also. Uh, and then on Sunday, it'll be uh, 12000 to win, 600 to start, super late model show. And uh, we'll also have 604 late models on hand on Sunday, along with stock four. Uh, and the new street stock division will also be here on Sunday. Um, it, it should be some real good racing. Uh, it, it, it's a complete show each day. Uh, pure stocks also on Saturday. Uh, that's the sixth division, and they will, uh, you know, do a complete show. You know, on that day they'll be through, and then we'll bring five more divisions in on Sunday. It's really worked good for us ever since 2017 to make it a like a, a separate two day show, and uh, it really it really seems to kick the season off. You know, because we it, we have the weekend pretty much to ourselves because uh, you know nobody else has really got kicked off and geared up and going much, you know, other than speed weeks down in Florida, which is, you know, ended about a week or so ago. And uh, it gives us a chance to, you know, get a lot of cars and a lot of people in here, you know, in all divisions to kick the season off. And then we'll take a couple of weekends off and get ready to go night race, get ready for the full season that uh, don't end on Thanksgiving weekend. All right. We're going to have to wrap this interview up. But uh, with all these new improvements y'all making to this racetrack, making it that fast, if our viewers have not seen a super late ball go around that racetrack, if you don't keep your eyes on him, you will lose the leader. Oh, absolutely. Ross Bells broke the track record back in January. Uh, the 26th, I think it was, uh, we ended up running that race. And uh, I think he turned this racetrack uh, three-eighths of a mile in 14.5 mm. seconds. Yeah, that's getting around there. That, that, that's getting around there on a on a daytime racetrack, which you know normally is not quite as quick as a, a tacky like nighttime racetrack. But uh, like I say, the track had a lot of grip in it. I think about everybody uh, uh, in all divisions was you know running quicker than the uh, track records. Well, uh, Tony, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, 
we'd love to have you back on. There's no reason we can't have you on a couple more times this year to tell us what's going on, especially when you get some big events coming up over there at Cherokee Speedway. Oh, absolutely. We, we've got several big events, uh, you know, uh, at least one every month, you know, uh, throughout the whole season. Uh, and, yeah, it's and, – and, and Alan will tell you, the regular weekly shows is some of the best racing you'll ever see on a regular Saturday night. Yeah. In 30 seconds, what's your next big event? Our, well, next weekend is March Madness. Okay. Uh, that will be our, our next big event. And then at the end of the end of March, March the 28th, on a Saturday night, we will have the World Outlaw Super Late Models coming in here. They tour all over the United States. Uh, we've never been able to get a, a Saturday date. So we're actually going to have a Saturday date for them at the end of March. And we've got a big autism race coming up for the Super Sportsman Division in April on Easter weekend. So uh, just every few weeks. You'll see something, you know, a little bit different. And, uh, you know, we got open wheel mods, uh, a big race coming up in April. Yeah, it just, it, it just goes on and on. Well, when uh, our schedule is on CherokeeSpeedwaySC.com. There you uh, go. Our full schedule. Yeah, any, anytime you want to look at that, anybody's interested in coming uh, and, and join a good night of racing, uh, just check our, check our full schedule out. It's all listed. Well, I'm sure Alan will let us know from week to week what you got going on. Well, Tony, I sure do appreciate you coming on the show today. I know at the racetrack, me and you, uh, you don't like seeing me at the racetrack, but I sure do appreciate everything you do for us at the racetrack and stuff. Because usually, oh, com- usually I'm complaining whenever I see you at the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> except, hey, except, when he, is, except when he gets to the pay window. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when, when, when they win, they get that victory picture took down our victory lane with a checker flag it's all better by then that's right <laughs> tony thanks for coming on we'll let you go and uh have a good safe race a good show and we'll definitely be talking to you later sound like a winner just call me back and we'll touch base okay that's tony adair from cherokee speedway and uh sounds like some big going ons over there you better get get a good better, grip better be headed that way that's right all right we're gonna take our Last break and come back and sort of coast. Is this our last? Yes, yeah, this, this isn't our last break. It's our next to last break. We got a lot of time left. I hope you got a lot to talk about. I don't have a lot to talk about. Can you sing? Yes, I can sing. Okay, well. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, we might actually uh, play some of these uh, Silent Speedways of America's that I wrote uh, uh, and I uh, recorded <laughs> five, like, six, seven years ago. Yeah, seems like a. A different age ago. It is. Well, we let's stick a couple in there. One anyway. But we're going to take a break right now and come back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. Wouldn't it be nice if road trips were easy? Anyone need to go to the bathroom? No. I went before we left. Hey, you in the sedan. Smooth merge. At McDonald's, we're making things easy. 
Introducing the Savers Menu. Simply choose from the sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, sausage McMuffin, or medium premium roast coffee and get another for a buck during breakfast hours. Easy. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Breakfast hours vary by location. Excludes iced coffee. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics. Keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon drive for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Open Mic Daily is now in its second decade talking sports in Spartanburg. How do we explain our longevity? Clean living, for one. A keen grasp of reality. We cover Spartanburg and Spartanburg County first. Weekday afternoons at 3 on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines from the Beacon Driving Studios, Fox Sports 1400. And uh, I want to thank Lanny McKinney. Lanny, I'll be over there when the show's over since uh, I forgot to hit record. Oops. And um, missed like the first five minutes of the show. So, Lanny, this is how he backs us up. He does our podcast and he does our the Budmore Engineering website, which has got some great stuff on it, and our um, Facebook page. But... Also, when some dope forgets to start the recorder, because we keep all our shows also on a flash drive uh, just for historical... Posterity. Yeah, that too. And we um, uh, won't have this show if I don't drop the flash drive off to Lanny after the race, uh, after the show. So uh, we'll take care of that, and um, we appreciate everything he does for us. Alan. Yes, sir. What you got? Well, we got... uh we're supposed to have a little practice session up at Carolina Speedway this afternoon. Gates open at 12 o'clock up there at Carolina Speedway. They said they're going to have something about like a four or five hour practice session up at Carolina. For That's in Ga- uh, Gastonia, right? Gastonia, yes. Carolina Speedway is about uh, probably about, about an hour and 15 minutes from here. So uh, those boys are going to be practicing this afternoon up there at Carolina Speedway. Going to be breaking in their new cars and stuff. You also... Uh, we were supposed to have an open practice session at Harris Speedway, but those boys have canceled out today. But uh, hopefully they get together and have us open practice session next Saturday or something like that. I wonder uh, if they had a little more snow than we did. I didn't see anything uh, stick down here. Well, they moving a little. From what I hear, they moving a little bit of dirt around up there. And, you know, when you start moving dirt, uh, you might have a problem with it sometimes whenever it's uh, been raining like we've had this rain here Tell me which which week have we had a full week without rain? I I can't go back that far. <laughs> and uh, don't get me wrong, I met a man over here at the Parks House the other day. His name's Eddie Ray, uh, promoter over at 
Trevor Frist Speedway. He told me that they'd put new clay and stuff on their racetrack over at Trevor Frist Speedway. Been working it in. Hopefully it binds together real good over at Trevor Frist Speedway. You got all these tracks trying to make improvements, which is a good sign for their future, you know. But your team, the 25T with Danny Tesnair, y'all will start at Gaffney. Uh, we're going to start somewhere, put it that way. I mean, okay. I'll leave it up to my driver. Okay. Uh, he calls me up and says, hey, I want to go. We'll go. What uh, was that new one you were talking about? Uh, Antioch Speedway. Antioch. Antioch That's up Speed... in Lumberton or somewhere? Lumberton up there. That's a big half-mile racetrack uh, up there. So. I like a half-mile. I'd be a... Uh, be looking for a big purse, though. That's a, that's a longer haul. Yeah. But we also, we had a little bit of a finishing up, which we was on the air last Saturday. But last Saturday night, uh, Volusia kind of wound up their series down there at Volusia. And one of our uh, drivers from up here in Tennessee, Jimmy Owens, he wrapped up a good uh, week at Volusia County Speedway with a big win down at Volusia. Ricky Weiss was second. Kyle Bronson was third. Darrell Lanigan had to put a shout out for Daryl there. He runs the Barry Wright house car over here in Calpians. He finished a close fourth and Brandon Shepard was fifth. And uh, seems like if uh, Daryl had about a third, a fourth, I think an eighth down there. So he's getting used to that Barry Wright house car. So he'll probably be over here at that March Madness for that 12,000 win next week at, at Gaffney. Now, that's not red clay in Florida. No, that's not red clay. That's one thing about these traveling series that you have to do. You have to adapt to what your conditions are. And down there, it's black sand. They actually put stuff on it, and it, it kind of binds it together. And uh, it's a totally different racetrack down there. That's the reason I, I asked uh, Tony about that deal over here at Cherokee. When them boys come over here now, and you got that red clay, and it's got bite to it, they absolutely fly. Now, what would you change on the car to go from one surface to the next other than the tires? I mean, that, to me, is kind of obvious. Well, that's just it. They can't change tires. They got a compound that they're supposed, they supposed to usually run. They got about two compounds that they are restricted to in their series, but you can actually change, uh, you can change coil springs. You can change uh, shocks. Big big deal now is shocks. These boys spend a ton of money on shocks. They actually, in their tractor and trailers, they actually have what they call a shock dyno. I've heard of that. And they'll put their run test on them shocks and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, last year down there at Volusia County, it was all Brandon Shepard. Well, this year, it was mostly Jimmy Owens. And don't get me wrong, sometimes these guys... They get on something, and it'll take another racer, you know, a little time to catch back up or not say catch back up, but sometimes, you know, you get an engine combination about like everybody was going to Fords there for a while because they said the torque curve on a Ford was so much smoother than a Chevrolet that the, whenever they got back into the gas, the, the power was not so abruptly, you know, going, mm. going to the back tires. But... uh you see, you see one driver get on a roll, and he'll stay on that roll for four or five weeks, and then he might slide back, and sometimes he might have an engine problem, and uh, the next motor you get coming down the line might not be the same as that motor. I mean, I, people says that they are, but I uh, had a driver one time. We took our motor over there to get it freshened up, got it back, 
boot in the car, went over there on Saturday night. He come back and he looked at me and he said, take it back out. He said, he done something wrong. He degree, mm. You degree the, ta- the cam in and sometimes if you miss it by one point, degree in the cam in, it just makes everything, you know, out of sequence. Yeah, I tell you what. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned this. Going back to the Daytona 500. How weird was it to see that white smoke pouring out of uh, the M&M's car of Kyle Busch? I mean, that's they talk about those engines being bulletproof and you got to use the same engine, you know. And, uh, but I, he looked like he was, uh, and they even mentioned it, he looked like he was spraying for mosquitoes. Well, I liked it when the announcer said he had to reset his program in his car. Now, he had to reset the, the oil and stuff that was in that cylinder. When he tried to push that starter and he tried to compress that oil or water that was in that cylinder... That's the reason he couldn't. That's the reason he had to get somebody to push him off. Mm, but I was just odd to see uh, when 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 you try to compress water or oil between a piston and the top of that head, it don't it won't let that crank move. So that's what it was. Yes, that's what it was. It wasn't a blown engine. It, well, I mean, it was a blown engine. He dropped a valve and it, oh, okay. sw- it swallowed it, it. It knocked a hole in the top of that piston. Okay. And once it lets that oil get up in there and it tries to burn it and go back out but once he stops all that oil gets up on top of that piston okay. or that water gets in there if you stick it if you stick that valve up in that head far enough you'll hit a water pocket somewhere in there and you see him try to make about two or three more laps just to get you know He's, he said he went out there to finish ahead of the cars in the wreck that's exactly right and uh don't get me wrong the, the motor was hurt anyway so uh he wasn't going to do too much more damage to that motor well, so, uh, look at it now. So he improved his positions by probably about 10 positions by going out there and making just a, about one or two more laps. Well, I'm but, trying to see what he did do here. He uh, he finished uh, right behind his brother. He finished 34th after 184 laps. And uh, he finished ahead of Jimmy Johnson, who was in a crash, who completed the same number of laps. But he, I guess uh, Kyle gets put ahead of him. And Brad Keselowski, who was in the same crash, at uh, 183 points, uh, 183 laps. So he went out there with a sick motor and passed two cars. Yeah, and uh, we've we've talked about this a little bit. But I talked to my brother and I told him, I said, I wish NASCAR would come up with something. You know, out here on our construction sites, we have what we call like a law machine. It's got forks on it and stuff like that that actually picks bricks up and sets them up high and stuff like that. I wish NASCAR could come out with something to where they could just go up to the back of the like Ryan Newman's car. Once you look in there and you tell him, say, hey, if they was talking and stuff like that and seen that, you know, everything was good right there, just reach up there and grab the back of that car, pick it up about three foot, and just twist it and set it right back up on its tires just so easy and then try to get the driver out they didn't show uh like deb was talking about they didn't show him turn that car back over like they did the truck on on friday night yeah. which was fascinating to me yeah. i didn't know how they were going to pull you, that off you, and it, it's all it's almost like they wrapped the belt around it and then rotated the belt or something well, it was well my driver my driver's been upside down whenever we started out racing he's been upside down about four times mm. and people don't realize it that once we got my driver out and you start get about four or five people out there going to turn the car back upside down. Whenever it comes down on that other side, it bends everything. Mm. If it doesn't destroy the race car, 
during when he returned it upside down, you destroy the race car when you turn it back up. And uh, the best thing to do is take that cable, stick it on the other side of that car, and give it just a little bit of slack. And once you turn it over, let that cable catch the car, and then just let it slide on down that cable. Well, what was also uh, I've also heard about for years, Johnny Allen, who's a, haven't had Johnny on in a couple of years. I think he's in his he's in his early eighties and. We need to have him on, but he's famous for what I call the Johnny Allen trilogy of going over the rail at Darlington in 60 and taking out the scoring stand. And then uh, he flipped on his side in the Southern 500 at Darlington and landed upside down on fire. That was in 62. And then he went through the rail at Atlanta. He did land upside right in 63. But what he used to talk about, especially in that convertible, when he went uh, over the rail and took out the scorer stand in 1960, uh, at Darlington, he said, "You got to be careful how you because uh, when you now they got all kinds of belts and harnesses, uh, you know, and, uh, halo and all that stuff. But back in the old days, you you had a belt. I, I don't even think he had a shoulder harness when that happened. Uh, yeah, he did because he said that um, he couldn't duck out from under that uh, big black uh, the the background for the for the caution light." It was a big piece of plywood. He said he took that out and he couldn't duck. And he was hoping that the windshield would uh, would take away some of the impact. But when you unloosen those belts, you know, he said you had to put your hand down on the on the ground in that case or the roof of the car and uh, or you'd come crashing down. Yep. And Neil Castle said the same thing when they went in. He crawled under there to get Gwen Staley out. Or, uh, yeah, Gwen Staley out, which cost Gwen his, his life. But uh, they had to be real careful when they loosened his belts to ease him down so you don't come crashing down on the top of the car or, or on the ground. So uh, there's a whole lot more to it than just flipping the car over and getting the guy out. Yes, they are. But and, you got to kind of hurry. Yeah, and uh, don't get me wrong, I put a full containment seat in one of my race cars. And uh, Danny says once he gets in that thing and he pulls them seat belts tight, He's just sitting right there. His head don't really move. He says, I can drive. He says, I feel like I can drive the car 15 mile an hour faster. He's a part of the car. Yeah. And you begin, you're not loosening the seats. You're not flopping around. Just think about back in the days whenever them boys used to just put a, like you said, no sides on their seats and stuff like that. And used to get in them cars and go out there. Now, I don't think it would have made any difference. And, and I've talked about this with Bud Moore and with Greg. Uh, Joe Weatherly didn't like seat, didn't like shoulder harnesses, and when he got killed, he didn't have a shoulder harness. But he hit the wall so hard on the left hand side, I don't think a window net or anything would have made any difference. But uh, yeah, it was kind of optional. Yeah. Whether and I, I actually was watching a show on YouTube last night about uh, the real old Indy car days, the board tracks and stuff, when they didn't even have a crash helmet, but they wanted to be thrown for free. They didn't want to be crushed up in the car or and. and and trapped in it on fire that they uh they like their chances better get of sailing through the air for a little ways and maybe getting busted up but not not staying with the car not staying with the car but yeah. nowadays with all these fuel cells that we got coming out with now you notice that fuel cell if you watch that picture you seen still seen a little bit of gas spilling I, I, it out looked like fire. a lot of gas to me and what kept but, it from catching on fire has got to be another miracle but uh Whenever you went through a crash like that, it probably sheared the bolts off the fuel cell where the neck goes into that tank. And don't get me wrong, I don't think nothing might have punctured that fuel cell if you've ever seen one. But uh, but as far as shearing the bolts off of it and that hose that goes down to it, you know, 
Uh, I don't know, but used to we just used use pipe uh, hose clamps and mm-hmm. goes around it, and we'd put about four or five of them right there. And if it if it sure that hose loose, that's the reason that gas got out like it did. Now most of the fire you see, I think they say, are either oil fires or uh, just uh, like knocking off the fuel pump or or whatever. And don't get me wrong, uh, see, you probably see it and can't say that much. I wish they just had a truck where that guy stood up in the back and had that hose, and he just went out there and just opened that hose up and sprayed it. The guy running across through there with the tank and trying to reach down there and grab the hose and stuff like that and then pull the trigger and stuff like that, just lay it out there and let him let, let that man in the back of that truck. Yeah. I mean, we got, the, we got the air titans. We got all this stuff to get the racetrack ready. Mm-hmm. These these wrecks are going to happen. I mean, there's there's they always no way, have there's there's no way around it. Yeah, when you got that many cars running that close together. Well, I mean that's just part of it. They, they are going to wreck. I didn't want to bring it up, but they had a bad crash at Cherokee Speedway. Yeah, I showed you that video about mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Right. Uh, luckily, that car stayed on that racetrack and did not get down on pit road. If it right. would have got down on pit road, once uh, it don't it don't have no mercy. Yeah. Is that all you got there for that's, the local scene? That's pretty much till, like I say, we fixing to get wound up here. We fixing to get into some good racing. Uh, start racing today at Cherokee Speedway. And uh, then from then on, we're going to start uh, Harris going to open up here pretty soon. Traveler's Rest, Carolina. Once we get all him in there, hopefully uh, if uh, he does not have us on the schedule, as he said, till the first night race over there. But uh, if I can get everything get together and uh, might go over there. March Madness, get us a few phone numbers from like uh, Chris Madden, Scott Bloomquist, and uh, talk to them boys over there. Please and, do. And see if we can't get some of these uh, drivers on this radio show. Love to have them. That'd be a great idea. And uh, we might as well enjoy this luxury a little bit because in about a month, I'll be trying to cram all this stuff into two hours and, and with all these sheets of paper and... Uh, I usually can't get it all in there, or yep. I'm rushing. I lose my voice like I did last week. And uh, so we got a little bit of time, and we're going to yep. take our last break and come back and actually play one of these uh, silent speedways of America's that I recorded so long ago with uh, you and I did a bunch of them, didn't we, Ronnie? And um, I had to mix them and put the. Uh, that was Mr. Big Voice. Now, that was a different guy that used to do these, and I uh, got that deep rich announcer voice and some background music and they sound really good and we haven't heard them in years so uh let's come back from um, our last break and listen to one and just short just sort of uh cruise into the cruise into the rest of our weekends you're listening to fox sports spartanburg from the beacon driving studios It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. 
Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Looking for a reliable and affordable graphics printer? Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, and banners, T-shirts, wide format printing, full-color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. Image Printing is your one-stop shop for all your personal and professional printing needs. Image Printing has been servicing the upstate since 1989 and provides the personal touch that you will be sure to love. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Avenue across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center or call 864-583-8848. Hey, this is Ryan Clary. Lately, I've been eating one home-cooked meal after another. I'm talking million-dollar spaghetti, Mexican lasagna, chicken tetrazzini. I can't cook at all, and my wife's a great cook, but she has a full-time job. So neither of us have time to feed our three little ones a home-cooked meal. Many of you listening can relate one way or another. Who has the time? Mama Sue's does. That's right. Mama Sue's on East Henry Street in Spartanburg has homemade meals daily for you to pick up. Place an order online or stop in at Mama Sue's. Also check out their $5 lunch specials. Mama Sue's, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. The weather has finally cooled down, but that doesn't mean your need for ice changes with the seasons. The big game is just around the corner, and that means time for parties. Whether you're hosting a big party or just having a few friends over to watch the game, Twice the Ice can help you get ready for your event. Twice the Ice has 12 convenient ice houses located throughout the county. Twice the Ice is affordable. You get a 10-pound bag for $1.25 or a 16-pound bag or 20-pound bulk for $1.75. It's available 24 hours a day using cash, credit, or debit card. To find the Twice the Ice location near you, visit SpartanburgWater.org slash ice. So, what if you're walking out to your car after work today and it's been mashed by a runaway garbage truck? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. Having your own State Farm agent means having a real person there to help you when things go wrong. So when accidents happen, you've got someone you know who will be there when you need them. Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg is that State Farm agent. Cliff's got your back when things go wrong. Call Cliff Gobert on East Main Street today, 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Want to find out what's going on on Fox Sports 1400? Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. We have everything you need, including the all-important Listen Lively. Find it all at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Just about every Friday and Saturday night, folks gather to watch them run the tracks and ovals throughout the South in towns both large and small. Some of those tracks have faded into memory. Here's Perry Allen Wood with another Silent Speedways of the South Minute. Promoted by ex-racer and businessman Joe Littlejohn, the half-mile red clay Piedmont Interstate Fairgrounds in Spartanburg, South Carolina, hosted NASCAR Grand National Racing 22 times beginning in 1953 with all the greats racing there. The winners include Herb Thomas, Tim Flock, Marvin Panch, Jim Pascal, Ralph Moody, Speedy Thompson, Jack Smith, Cotton Owens twice, Lee and Richard Petty three times each, and Ned Jarrett six times. Wendell Scott ran his first Grand National race there in 1961. 
Dick Hutchison set the track record in 1965 at almost 71 miles an hour. And Elmo Langley won his first race in the last race held there on June 4th, 1966. Perhaps the wackiest happening took place on July 4th, 1953, when champion Tim Flock had his head run over while napping in the infield before the race, knocking him off the tour for six races in six weeks. And that's another Silent Speedway of America. Terry's book is available online. Visit McFarlandPub.com and type in Silent Speedways to place your order today. Well, that sounded okay. That was good. And your books still are available. Oh, yeah. They're available. And uh, if you don't believe me, buy one. <laughs> um, and listen, if you uh, look Perry up in the phone book, he give him a call and he'll even autograph a copy for you. I will. And I'll bring it to you if you don't live too far away. But, you know, that uh, I remember one time back in the old days of uh, dropping the hammer, something happened. I don't remember what it was. And the... Uh, they got stuck with an extra hour. They had to do something for an extra hour, and they played those silent speedways of America's one right after another. And I, I mean, I think I had more at one time. We lost some, and these are just some I happened yeah. to have. But I got fifteen of them here. Yeah, that was on an old computer system we had that went kablooey, and we lost a bunch of stuff. But luckily, these are some Perry had at home archived, yeah. and we were able to put them back on our computer computer system that that we use now the arrakis so we'll uh we'll stick some of those in from time to time uh we're not gonna have a whole lot of time to use them coming up pretty soon but uh as uh alan was saying we've got the uh weather tech sports car championship starting uh, i think march 20 well not they've already started their next race will be march 21st at sebring sebring and uh indycar i think is uh april 15th um, Grand Prix is before that. I think it's in March. I'll have all, I'll get all these dates for you next week. But it's uh, it's getting really to ra- getting really ready to to ramp up. Oh, it, it really is. You had a fascinating basketball oh. story out there in the <laughs> lobby this morning. So since we got uh, thirteen minutes to kill, go ahead with it. Give some people some uh, well, this publicity. Is, this is the high school state basketball playoffs, and the Burns girls hosted the. Lady Gamecocks from Sumter High School last night. Uh, Sumter went deep in the playoffs last year, had most of the girls back, and came to Duncan last night. Burns jumped out to an early lead, but then Sumter came right back. And actually in the second half, Burns only led the game for 3.3 seconds. Key was, it was the last (laughs) 3.3 3.3 seconds in the game. The only ones that matter. The last minute of the ball game took about 20 minutes to play because mm. of some controversy uh, with the clock. Uh, referees talking about it, trying to figure out what they needed to do. That took all, over 10 minutes. A technical fouls in there? Uh, technical fouls called on Burns for the bench coming on to the field before, onto the field, onto the court before the game was over. But the clock ran out, and the girls thought the game was over, but they were still issued a technical foul after a a three-pointer to give them the lead with 3.3 seconds left. Then Lexington got two free throws on the technical to make it a one-point game and possession of the ball at midcourt. 
and got either two or three shots off under the basket that Burns blocked, and they came away with a win. Mm. And it, it was exciting, which means now, this Monday night at 7 o'clock, the Lady Rebels host the Blue Eagles from Clover, who've been ranked number one just about the whole year in the state for girls. And that ought to be a good ball game. Okay, well, you know, hop over there and watch it. If you're in uh, Duncan, and speaking of uh, basketball, we have the Burns, uh, Burns, the <laughs> Presbyterian College Blue Hose uh, basketball team. I don't know who they're playing. I should have looked that up, but I do know that it's 415 today with Ryan Clary, and I think Tyler Sugart helps him on that, and there'll be, there'll be some place. Ronnie is rapidly looking it up, and then I know... Uh, at 8 o'clock tonight is South Carolina and LSU. That one's in Columbia, and that'll be on these airways. And I tell you what, South Carolina was doing so great, and they looked horrible. They cannot hit a free throw. They got down by 11 at least the other night against Mississippi State in a game they really had to have, in my opinion. And with all the sorry play and and throwing the ball in the stands and missing half their free throws. They still only lost by three points and, and couldn't quite get a shot off there at the buzzer to uh, to tie it up. So uh, it was one of the sorriest games I've ever seen them play, and they still almost won it. So they got LSU tonight. LSU, I think, lost like three in a row, and they were uh, they were leading the SEC not too long ago, but uh, they've been passed. Now, if, if South Carolina had to win that game the other night, there would have been a like a four or five way tie for second place, but right. they didn't. What you got this afternoon? Presbyterian travels to UNC Asheville. Oh, right up the road at four thirty this afternoon. Okay, so Ryan Clary will be on the air at four fifteen with that, and um, so get out and watch a basketball game, or get over to Cherokee Speedway, bundle up. But it looks like it's going to be a good night for that. It's going to be a good night. It's going to be uh, make some power for them race cars because it's going to be kind of cool over there. And uh, like I said, they got some good cheeseburgers over at Cherokee <laughs> Speedway. Oh, listen, some of the best food you'll find are at local racetracks. Yes, it is. I don't know what it is. It's outside. It's uh, outside food, kind of like going to the fairgrounds. Well, it is. You know, it, some places food just tastes better. If you cook the same thing at home, it's... No big deal, but you eat a hot dog at a yeah. at a dirt track. I know I used to eat them at the, when they had run the micro midgets at the airport in the late fifties. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd I'd take a sip of Coke, and there'd be a big mud clot in it. Well, Tony Adair and them they trying to keep that dust down from these day races. Uh, last year at the end of the season, the dust kind of got up a little bit, and I uh, looked up in the stands and seen a lady up there in a white jumpsuit. I laughed. Oh, I said, man. man. <laughs> you don't wear white to a dirt track. I know Listen, that much. I, could, I couldn't wear white in a clean room yeah. and keep it clean, much less at a dirt track. Uh, well, I want to touch on one thing here that we I, I know when we did our last show in uh, November, we were going to um, Greg and a friend of mine and I. We were going to go see Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. And Greg uh, bowed out, but my friend and I, Sam Forey, we went to uh, see it. And I, I, it wasn't the best racing movie I've ever seen, but it was really good. It, it was very interesting. And it did win two Academy Awards, one for sound and one for film editing. 
Yeah. Uh, Christian Bales was up for best actor. I knew he what, didn't have a prayer, but he plays Ken Miles. And, um, but he did a great just, job playing uh, Ken Miles. He did. And, uh, of course, Carol Shelby was played by Matt Damon, who actually looks a lot like him. He does. They, they, both of those guys looked like who they were playing. And I know they tried to do that on purpose, obviously. And Ken Miles, um, played by Christian Bale, said that, uh, Christian Bale said, you know, he was from the area of London that, that I'm from. And so this is the first time I ever didn't have to use an accent. Use a different accent, yeah. yeah. He used his real accent. And uh, so last night, well, let me back up. Last week I saw that it was on uh, at Redbox. Right. So then I just happened to be in Walmart and there it was. So I shelled out for it again and watched it last Saturday night and you know, it's one of these movies, you miss some things and you watch it. Right. I mean, it's hard to please me. I mean, I get real picky about things when they run to 24 hours of Daytona and it's California Speedway and they got Daytona painted on the wall. You know, it's, it's not Daytona. And there's, it just, but it's okay. Because I read about it when they filmed the movie and there's a lot other people like me that were even picky about Le Mans. <laughs> and so they didn't film at Le Mans, although, you know, they did the green screen in the back, you know, and all that. Uh, movie magic. Movie magic. And you can't tell they're not really at Le Mans. Uh, it's, it, and this was also the last movie ever to be done by 20th Century Fox because they got bought out. Oh, so yeah. they said, we got all this money, let's spend it. So they spent it on Ford versus Ferrari, the last Fox, 20th Century Fox movie. But anyway, the... Uh, uh, they used four different locations in the making of the Le Mans scenes. Right. And, you know, the Mines has got a three-and-a-half-mile straightaway called the Molzon Straight, where they just go as fast as a race car can go. And uh, they've been known to hit 240 on that thing. Um, so they, but they, there's nothing close to that. You know, you think they could fake it, but they didn't. So they found some back road in Georgia someplace. Uh, just out in the country because back in those days, uh, I mean, you ran off the road on the Molson straightaway and you just went out in the woods or out in the field or something. There wasn't a right. guardrail or anything. So, uh, and they used a lot of road Atlanta, from what I understand, and, and some other tracks to, to simulate Le Mans. But it's a good movie. And then last night, I got on YouTube as I do all the time. No, this was Netflix. And there's a movie called... 20, the 24-Hour War, which is an hour-and-a-half documentary, and it's got all these guys in it, you know, being interviewed, and it's it's the same story. Only, <coughs> excuse me. I knew that was going to happen. They go all the way back to uh, Henry Ford, who actually was in the first race ever, anywhere. Oh, okay. And, Makes sense. And, uh, I mean, he was like Ford's original driver. <laughs> and so Ford, and that was like in 1896, and Ford's been involved in racing ever since. And I, I never was a Ford guy until I started owning them. And uh, But the history of Ford is, is fantastic. So, I recommend Ford versus Ferrari, and I recommend going on Netflix and watching the real story, which is quite a bit different. I won't if you don't know what happened to these characters, I won't tell you because uh, it, it, it is fascinating. And it's more fun of, to watch. <coughs> some of them didn't make it and some of them did. So, uh, Carol Shelby only passed away here recently. Okay. So, anyway. Um, well, since you're talking about movies, I saw a good movie this week. What did you see? Call of the Wild with uh, Harrison Ford. 
I bet that is good. I really enjoyed it. Now, it's not true to the, the story that we grew up reading. Yeah. But it is about a dog. Jack in, London. Yeah. Yeah. It is about a dog ending up in Alaska. And, uh, again, it's one, I, I haven't read a lot about the making of it yet, yeah. but just from looking at it, a lot of it is computer generated. Right. But that's the way it is. Yeah. It, but it's really a good movie if you want to go see something like that. Now, I remember the Clark Gable Loretta Young version. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's 1935 or something, so I really wasn't around when they made it. But do you know that Clark Gable and Loretta Young got together and uh, had a child out of wedlock? Right. That uh, she went to uh, Europe to have. Loretta mm-hmm. Young did, and uh, Clark Gable didn't even uh, acknowledge it until, you know, probably right before he died in the late 50s. So, uh, but that's Meanwhile. way off the subject of Cherokee <laughs> Speedway. That's what I was fixing to say. Y'all need to get a race car. Y'all need to get a race car. Y'all don't, if y'all was to get y'all a race car, you will not have time to sit and watch TV. Well, now, we're talking huh? about in the theater now. Some, yeah. of, this, some of this my was wife, outdoors. My wife, I was out there working on the race cars. Uh, one day this week, she come out there with me a bacon sandwich with mayonnaise, and I looked Ooh, at her, and I said, boy, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> she said, I seen your truck out here. I know you didn't go to work, so, and you ain't come out, and uh, I knew you was getting hungry. That sounds like good eating to me. Yes, it is. Working well, on race car, wife bringing you a sandwich out there, you just keep on working, and... I like that surprise food, but uh, boy, when he was talking about Tony a while ago about all the got, all that stuff at uh, the Speedway in Cherokee, I got a daughter that's having a birthday this week too. Her name's not Jada, is it? Yes, it is. Happy what? birthday this week, Jada. We miss you. Yeah, and uh, get back on the show as soon as you can. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Alan can have an all uh, Tesnier Hill show here coming up in a couple of weeks. So that about does it for this week. We appreciate everybody listening. We were all over the map. Well, Alan's laughing pretty hard over here. We had fun. We hope y'all. Till we come back next week, keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Spartanburg's radio home for University of South Carolina football is Fox Sports 1400 WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.